the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Morning Answer with Brian Whitman and Jennifer Horn. Jen is the conservative crusader. Brian is our lovable liberal. Welcome to The Answer. It is finally here. Election week. We are happy to kick it off with you, Brian Whitman. Jennifer Horn, you have found The Morning Answer. And we thank you for listening at home, AM 870 Smart Speakers. If you're in the car, going to work, AM 870, LA, Orange County, AM 590 in the IE. And true to form here on The Morning Answer, let's call this practice election day. <laughs> I for like it. it. Is the day before election day. And or if yesterday, you're Tommy Laren, election day junior. <laughs> yes, we don't want to be uh, sued for plagiarism. We know what that did to the Biden family. Uh, yesterday. He did it again, by the way. Another plagiarism? He apparently... Oh my gosh! Plagiarizing event. I had told. I'm so glad you brought that up because I totally blanked it out of my mind after this weekend. But apparently, he plagiarized Hillary Clinton's campaign speech this weekend. Really? A side by side. I, will I heard. Find you know, them. I, you know, no, I will provide I heard evidence. it. But he did plagiarize Hillary. He looked at the audience and he said, "My husband is the worst <laughs> man in the world." And I thought, someone said that who I know. Oh, huh, that's weird. But yeah, it, that is. I will find it because I saw side by side video of Biden and Hillary. We will find it. We'll have it for you in a but mere Jen, matter of moments. I, I know you'll find it yeah. day before the election. Full coverage on the morning answer. Don't be anxious about it because, as the great Joe Biden said, all we have to fear is fear itself. That's right. So just he's really he's just a wordsmith, isn't he? He really is. <laughs> all right. So do you want to know where the candidates are going to be today? Because that's very telling. I to... saw over the weekend that. Whoa. And then, whoa, whoa, whoa. President whoa. Trump just everywhere. He finished a rally last night after midnight in Florida. Biden was in Philadelphia in the former vice president yesterday and a great deal over the weekend, focusing not exclusively, but very heavily on the state of Pennsylvania, swing state with Has many elect- electoral mm-hmm. votes. And like I said last week, a microcosm of the nation with, with a lot of rural areas and, of course, uh, metropolitan areas, the fifth largest city in America, Philadelphia. Yeah, definitely. And that state is going to become very important. That's one of my it's one of the few predictions I will make, but that it will probably come down to Pennsylvania and maybe one other state. We'll talk about that today. Again, full wall to wall coverage of the 2020 election. Border to border coverage. Border to border. There you go. If we had them, they'd be border to border. So yesterday, President Trump was in Washington, Michigan, where he made me laugh. It was very cold there. And this. he said, somebody who must be disgruntled set this up because he couldn't even breathe looking one direction. He had to keep looking the other direction because it was so cold and it was snowing and it was. He was watching a video monitor of mm-hmm. Biden gaffes. Did yeah. you see that? And, and he, he was, was jumping up and down to try to keep warm. It was cold and he was definitely having fun with that. He then talked about the refugee problem in Michigan. And he said, I don't know any Syrian that would come here during this weather and say, this is great. I think that you've never made Syria look better because it was so cold. So well, he started that's... his day in. In Washington, yeah. Michigan. Then he was in Iowa, North Carolina, Georgia. Finished the day after midnight in Miami, Florida. Today he starts back up again. He's in Fetville, North Carolina. Fetville. Fetville. Scranton, Pennsylvania. Traverse City, Michigan. Kenosha, Wisconsin. And then back to Michigan again tonight in the very late hours. He'll be in Grand Rapids. 
again, Biden taking a much different approach to this. He is Pennsylvania. not very aggressive with his stops. He's only making two today to make his closing argument. He'll be in Ohio and Pennsylvania, and he'll be home and done with the campaign trail by early this afternoon. So we, we understand difference the form- in strategy. We'll see what pays off. Uh, certainly, and, and no two candidates will ever pick the same states. But uh, in Ohio, I read this morning very early that former Vice President Biden is going there specifically in the state of Ohio to court minority voters. Now, today, Monday, practice. Election Day is always a fun day because we get often while we're on the air just before the broadcast, the final poll results of some of these major organizations. And I have one for you. Mm-hmm. A final Jennifer Horn, a final Wall Street Journal NBC News poll has former Vice President Biden ahead of President Trump by 10 points nationally. Mm-hmm. OK, and by six points across a group of 12, that's right, a dozen battleground states. And folks, we all know, I think by now with our heavy consumption of this election as we bring the information to you, six points spread out over 12 states is based on average is two points per state within the margin of error. And that's where the elections decided. So don't go to bed early is what I'm saying. I I think this could be a long night. And I will give you some uh, good news about our coverage is that we're hoping that you'll keep it right here on AM 870. Our coverage of election night into the wee morning hours 2020 starts at 6 p.m. Larry Marino, our newsman, will be anchoring. I'll be here. Larry Elder will be here. We will have a whole plethora of experts, including Brian Mm -hmm. West. Oh, no, I have not been invited. I always invite you. Yeah, you you, you do, because you love me. But, I uh, love and, you. And plus, I think you provide an excellent perspective, so you're coming. I think I nailed it after you're, the debate. You're I coming. I, you're coming. I, I think I nailed it after We'll the be election. here, by the way, until <laughs> midnight doing that coverage. Then yeah. live coverage means... starts up again at 5 a.m. on AM 590, 6, 6 a.m. here. Hugh Hewitt will be doing and coverage on AM 870 as well. Jen means I'll be here until midnight, March 25th, 2021, <laughs> when they finally announce the winner of the presidential race. Well, I'll tell you how uh, I, I would start to watch the night. As the as the returns start to come in tomorrow night, I'll be watching Florida first before I watch anything because President Trump has to win Florida for us even to have a conversation. That is a must win state in my mind. You could trace out all sorts of paths of victory, but I believe that early on the uh, the trajectory of Florida is going to determine whether we have a conversation. If I think Trump, that's an important point. Yeah, if Trump does well in Florida, I believe that it will be a good indication that we can start watching states like North Carolina, like Arizona, like, like Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania on the eastern coast, on that's the eastern right. time zone. And Pennsylvania has something unique going on. And this is this is what is also important to keep in mind is that most every state has a different set of electoral rules, right, about how they're going to do their, their voting, their election counting. The Pen- uniformity we were promised in 20. 20- 2000 after Gore and Bush never happened. No, and Pennsylvania is allowing votes to come in after Election Day. They are allowing counting to happen after Election Day. So what I think you have to look at is if President Trump is able to win Arizona, Ohio, if he's able to win Wisconsin and Michigan, well, then maybe Pennsylvania becomes a little less important. But I believe it will boil down to us watching those results come in from Pennsylvania. This is why a lot of people think there may not be a clear-cut winner on election night. Even if President Trump does well, they may think that this may be drawn out a bit more because of the rules within the states themselves, Pennsylvania probably leading that list. But I would say watch Florida. 
Florida first. That's a good indicator. Watch Minnesota. That's one of the states I do believe President Trump will flip. And uh, I've gone back and forth even this weekend, Brian, thinking, okay, it's going to be a Biden win. It's going to be a Trump win. I'm back thinking it's a Trump win. And I think he flips Minnesota. And I think his electoral map looks very similar to what it did in 2016. Well, I think that since 1960, we have done this uh, only one time, and that was Bush v. Gore in 2000 when we uh, – and 56, 52, same thing. But, but uh, uh, Dewey defeats Truman was a big one in the 40s. But only one time, Bush v. Gore, did we not have the elections and did it result in legal disputes that went on, quite frankly, to Christmas. I recall I was on another station 100 years ago when that happened, mm-hmm. and it was, Jen, uh, the – Shortly before Christmas, and it was April Fool's Day, and it was a weekend. It's appropriate, and I went isn't on, it? <laughs> yeah, I went on, and I called Doug Limerick, ABC News, and we doctored up, and I did it as a gag. And, of course, you know, it was very brief, and people enjoyed it and said, hey, look, there's going to be a new election. That's how frenzied, that's how chaotic things were. And we were responsible with it, having fun with it. But for people to have believed it indicated how frenzied things are. Fast forward 20 years, my love. This is a frenzied nation. It's frenzied. Uh, it's frenzied with emotion about support or lack of support. Intellectual decisions are so far apart it makes for chaos uh, with regard to public policy. And even the election mechanisms are up in the air with candidates like the president of the United States saying mm-hmm. the vote totals can't particularly be trusted. This for the U.S. Well, I mean, Biden's doing the same thing. Biden's saying that he's not going to he's not going to leave. I mean, keeping this is not going to be a cut and dry election, no matter what. Even if somebody wins by a large margin, and I actually think it's better for the country if someone does win by a large margin quickly, because uh, and you know that has nothing to do with who my guy is. It's called a mandate. It it will prevent this chaos and this distrust. But I think no matter what, it's already being cooked in. This is why you'll see, and we'll talk about in a few moments, the businesses being boarded up in Los Angeles. The businesses in Beverly Hills, the businesses in New York being boarded up because I think no matter what happens, this is going to be used as an excuse for more chaos and violence. And that is unfortunate because we should be celebrating our republic on Election Day more than any time. We should be celebrating our democracy. And instead, we're going to be worried about retribution if the vote goes in a certain way. And that's horrible. America is rightly called the greatest democracy in human history for the government and our country has been so productive and benevolent across the world, protecting and saving the free world. But the greatest democracy, greatest at actually implementing the civics of democratic elections in a republic, uh, we're getting some B minuses and C pluses in recent years. Yep. And that is not necessarily even the government. It's more the citizenry that has really has to take ownership of that. As we continue, is your city boarding up for Election Day? The answer may surprise you as your Monday Morning Answer continues. Why can't conservatives and liberals just get along? They can. Welcome to the Morning Answer with Brian Whitman and Jennifer Horn. Thanks for joining us on Election Eve. Uh, Practice Election Day, as Brian Whitman so aptly named this. Brian Whitman is there. Jennifer Horn here. We are working towards Election Day. The closing arguments are on. The candidates hitting the trail one last time. President Trump, five different rallies today in four different states. Joe Biden will be in Ohio and Pennsylvania making his closing arguments. And uh, I have to say, they had an extra hour of rallies. 
rallying time. Yeah, if they, they still did. chose to use it because we we gained an hour this weekend. Uh, yeah, at uh, two a.m. on Sunday, we were to fall back and pick up an extra hour of this dreaded year, twenty twenty. Which I know we all wanted a bonus hour of twenty twenty. I liked I put it. it- I, I know the candidates did. I I don't know about you. You probably slept, which is good a good way to handle that hour. But I actually did some really important things for that hour. Yeah. In, that, in the bonus hour, I color-coordinated my mask supply. Oh, that's nice. Uh, I researched increasing viral loads on Google and the Encyclopedia Britannica. Okay. And I submerged sponges in a bathtub full of Purell and wiped down every public servicing countertop in the city of Glenville. Wow. And a lot of good it. work for you. I, I mean, really. In the extra hour. I thought it's the least I can do. Thank you. No, 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 please. It's not necessary. Really, folks. And folks. now for your disinfecting. Ow! I. You're really co- you're COVID obsessed. You mentioned you. something. You mentioned something. I've mentioned you, a lot of things. What's up? But you mentioned something that made me really think, and yeah. you always really. But you, actually, you know what? You mentioned something that I have to respond to. Sure. Uh, you said that uh, you know this weekend and certainly today, closing statements for the candidates, mm-hmm. and uh, reminds me of the last debate that we had. You and Larry Marino were on the air. You asked me to call in, and that was nice. And uh, one of the comments I think I made to to Larry and to you, Jennifer, here on The Answer after the last presidential debate between Mr. Trump and Mr. Biden, President Trump and the former vice president, was that for many voters in America, that debate was closing statements. Because Morning Answer listeners crave information, uh, are, and we do too, and we deal with that on a daily basis, dispensing it, offering perspective and entertaining you all along the way. Are many voters, are many voters who are working today – Typically, hopefully, in regular jobs, do they have the energy to consume or are they going off that second debate? I'll say in for President Trump, in his, to his uh, credit, if they're going off that second debate where he exercised himself with great decorum and, dare I say, was presidential, then I think that bodes well for President Trump. But there's a lot more in terms of this polling and stuff that doesn't bode particularly well for President Trump. I think we can agree going in. Having said, as I said four years ago, if anyone can defy odds, it's Donald Trump. And mm-hmm. look, I turned out to be true. I turned out to be right. Uh, the, the, the Trump has an uphill battle tomorrow. It yeah, no, according to the polling, he does have an uphill battle. And I think that's why you're seeing the president out there working. He's working harder than Joe Biden. And this is what he did when he was down in the polls going against Hillary Clinton. Now, we don't know if hist- history is going to repeat itself. And believe me, I've been going back and forth myself over possible scenarios. And it seems like every morning I wake up, I'm thinking, OK, something is more likely than the next. And that's just, I think, symptomatic of the year that we're in. And there's so many unknowns, including whether or not... Uh, the, how how early voting has come into play. You already have 92 million Americans who have voted early, whether that's via mail-in or like I did. I went and voted yesterday at a polling place, so I voted in person, but what, what I did it early. What was your experience there? What was your experience uh, it there? Was, it was actually fantastic. I have to give cool. props to uh, the city of Los Angeles. Everything felt safe. It was clean. They were wiping everything down. Did you wait? Did I wait? Oh, no. I walked right in. It was great. It was easy peasy. So I went in. I yelled, go Donald Trump. I said my prayer as I walked out the door. You did that. You had the rosary beads with you? I did. Because typically that gets you bounced out of the polling um, place. Yeah, they said no electioneering. You've got to leave, ma'am. And so I I hit the road. And And you said, well, over my – and then you screamed, give me liberty or give me death. And then they called security. That was actually my dad. He was with me. The two of us always go. That's our thing is every year we go and vote together. So that was a lot of fun. But uh, ahead of election day – and so. We want to hear about your experiences as well. 
people who are choosing to go early vote, this is the great unknown. It used to be the Democrats could just count on those early voting, the absentees, the mail-in ballots, that those were typically Democrat votes. But now there are Democrats who are a little worried because 92 million Americans have cast their vote and they're thinking, well, there's got to be some Republicans in there along the way. How does it all filter out? We know Republicans will have a stronger showing than Democrats tomorrow on Election Day, but is it going to be enough to make up the difference from Democrats or are there that unknown group of Republicans who have participated? So a lot of great unknowns. It'll be an interesting one to watch how this filters out throughout the rest of the week. Also, a piece of the story is that towns around the country, cities around the country preparing for election day and election night violence. And this is a concern here for us in in California, Southern California. The LAPD has already been on extended. I don't know if they're on official tactical alert, but they're not letting their officers take time off between now and election day. Beverly Hills PD also not allowing that. Beverly Hills is literally closing down tomorrow morning. Today will be Rodeo Drive's last day until the 5th of November. They'll be closed Tuesday and Wednesday. And, and the same the way, kind of thing it, happening in New York City where they started boarding up over the weekend. You see the major metropolitan areas this weekend, Jennifer, all across America here on the Morning Answer for a Monday practice election day. Tomorrow, the first Tuesday after the first Monday of November. And look at this, the first Monday of November constitutionally. Here comes your federal election for president of the United States. And uh, I would say about our friends on Rodeo Drive, November 5th is the day that, that they will reopen and by the way, you can bet probably under their legs so no one sees their fingers are crossed for November 5th because who knows what will happen. I, I, I want to believe and I do believe that 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 will be safe. And there's something important because it relates to a very important issue for a lot of voters. And I'll say this. If you are Eric Garcetti, forget about voter. I mean, he is one, but he's an elected official. If you're one of the folks running around talking about all the all the preventative security measures in place in the event of some post election eve or post-election day violence stop for a second and just count to 10 i won't do it now and then ask yourself mayor garcetti how in the world you can be making us safe by putting police in place for potentially bad things that you're aware may happen at the same time out of the other side of your mouth you're talking about defunding and getting rid of police departments yeah the utter upside down topsy-turvy world of American life and American political leadership is on display in that story singularly. That's the great hypocrisy in all of this. Over the weekend, anti-police protesters uh, have these two horrible things to say to the officers who were trying to protect them. I hope all of your children get raped and killed. You're a I hope all of your children get raped and killed. You're a disgrace to society, to police officers out there who are, by and large, protecting the public good. Now, this is what bothers me. Axios, which I know, I think we can agree, is not a right-wing publication. In fact, they probably lean a little further to the left, but I think they try to do a good job of reporting right down the middle. They talked about the possibility of Election Day unrest and what was going on. Right. And I want to read directly because I don't want to input any of my own thoughts and disgust into this. They say... A collection of groups led by Black Lives Matter and Shut Down D.C. are planning an eight-hour event at Black Lives Matter Plaza, one block from the White House. Mm. It will include a giant screen showing election results, DJs, and performances by bands playing go-go music. Hope Nair, an organizer with Shut Down D.C., said her group was rehearsing 
quote, election meltdown simulations, end quote, that include indefinitely occupying certain public spaces and rushing to intervene in attempts to intimidate voters at polling places and seize their ballots. Mm. And we're allowing them to sit there as, and I'm using air quotes here, peaceful protesters. How is that possible? Well, they're not, and I'm glad you use air quotes, because they're not peaceful protesters. Peaceful protesters are protesters like your mom has protested in the the few times she has. I know she got trouble on the Metrolink. She couldn't make her connection. But peaceful protesters, by and large, represent those who express their, their First Amendment freedoms and protest. These folks, again, even the day before the election, I'll be consistent and and uh, issue the caveat. They are outside of the category of protesters. They are now inside the category of criminals, some of them felonies. It just shows you that protest is no longer organic in this country. It is literally set up to be uh, events of domestic terrorism, and that's exactly what it is. An LAPD officer shot overnight. We have the details for you as your Monday morning answer continues. Waging the battle against fake news every morning. This is the Morning Answer with Brian Whitman and Jennifer Horn. Thanks for joining us. It's your Monday morning answer. It is also the start to election week 2020. Brian's been calling it uh, practice election day. Brian Whitman's here. Jennifer Horn is here. That's me. And it's important to update our morning answer listening family on the presidential election countdown clock. Now, here we are Monday morning at exactly 636. You're hearing the morning answer with Brian and Jen. Well, last week it was three days, 18 hours, pop, 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 pop. Not anymore. From right now, Election (laughs) Day will be upon this great nation for in-person voting, you know, like we did uh, about 15 years ago we were doing that. Wait, hold on. The greatest democracy in human history flexes its muscles of liberty in exactly 14 hours, 22 minutes and 50 seconds at the sound of the tone. And that's based on when it becomes Election Day Tuesday. And, of course, polls open here at 7 a.m. in California, and they're open until 8 o'clock at night, if memory serves, that's 7 right. 8 every year. And I uh, went. It's easy, guys. If you haven't been yet, there are like 600 locations already open for early voting, um, and that's just in Los Angeles County. So there are lots of places to go, Orange County, the Inland Empire, Ventura County. Get out there and, and do it. And it's easy to vote in person. You do those little tablet devices. At least that's how it was at my polling place. Yeah, with the stylus. Mm, with, with a tablet. Use your finger actually really it's like uh, kindergarten arts and crafts over there it's kind of like well you voted during the primary right it was like the little ipad scenario where you use oh your... same deal okay right bing, and bing, it darkens bing. bing 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 boom well and then your ballot prints out and then i think that's an important component of this i've been talking about for 20 years since florida and bush and gore people should get a receipt well that it's... they can look at and it's not even it's you look at it after it prints out and then you have to here's the trick this is where they get you and they print you gotta, it in 74 languages. You've got to put it back in the machine Whoa. and press cast your ballot. Otherwise, you know, you just take it home as a souvenir and you have not cast your vote. See, that's a confusing and I would say altogether unnecessary second hurdle uh, to, uh, to, to, to get someone's vote to count. That's, I, I think that's a strange one. Yeah, so you've got to be careful with that. Keep an you eye do. out. Hopefully you have poll workers who are helping you through it. I Certainly, I had people that were watching and as soon as you leave, they come and wipe down the screen. They use the little antibacterial uh, full cursory they, covid yeah, they give compliant it a little down. clean up hey, 
I ask you, not to put you on the hot seat, but you've asked me, and I, I certainly will answer. Uh, my goodness, your voter guide is on DennisPrager.com. You yes. notice I don't issue a voter guide. You, you know, we have different philosophies on that. We could say, this is how you do it. You know, and be like, who wore it best? I'll, t- <laughs> I'll always tell My you. My voter guide against yours. <laughs> right. I'll always tell you for whom I'm voting or a prop, yes or no, or et cetera. Jennifer, uh, is it is it possible for you here on The Morning Answer on a Monday to name, since you have voted, the one registered ballot-listed Democratic candidate for whom you voted? Oh, I'm sure. Well, here's the thing. There's only a few partisan offices on this ballot. Yeah. So I'm sure I voted for a few Democrats for no, no. for college board. Uh, I, I mean, because you only have three choices here. So you've got uh, right. you've got um, the right. assembly seat, right. the Senate seat. I voted for both Republicans. Right. And um, the President. congressman. President. I voted for Eric please, Early. Eric Early. As I will do. Adam as I will do. And as then I, I voted do. for Trump. So there were four partisan offices, and right. I voted all Republican. Four for four. Which the is final why four. I will be wearing a theme today. If you notice, I'm wearing red. This is not no. by accident. I'll be wearing red all week because it's like the red wave that I'm I'm putting out in the universe. I'm trying to manifest it. Hey, you know what? Here in California, uh, KTLA, may I throw this on you? Sure. KTLA says the election coming up tomorrow could move California, since you're talking about voting, further left on issues like taxes, race and crime, and punishment. Tomorrow's election will test the boundaries of California's left-leaning policies as a new generation of state voters is being asked to roll back affirmative action and property tax laws put in place decades ago. California is one of the nation's most democratic states. Party holds every statewide office, dominates the legislature and congressional delegation, and outnumbers registered Republicans in terms of population registered voters to to one. But the 12 propositions on the state ballot provide many issues, and Jen, we've talked about this, to motivate voters to influence California's direction on worker protections, a very hot-button conservative liberal uh, flashpoint for, for, for disagreement and, we hope, friendly uh, argument, crime and punishment, and voter rights and rent control. So, yeah, I think at this, on the ballot, if you look, and again, everybody gets to vote for different assembly uh, women and men, uh, senators and uh, congresspeople. People, of course. But if you look at the ballot, the things that are going to actually really stop the ebb and, pl- ebb and flow of socialism, Donald Trump, number one. Number two are the propositions. And I chose, I mean, I can tell you, I voted no on everything except for 20 and 22. Uh, those are the two propositions. I voted yes on 20 is about crime. 22 is about the Uber Lyft drivers. There are so many things on this ballot, including ending cash bail. There are things on the ballot, 15 and 19, about, and they're trying to paint this as a benefit to taxpayers when it's actually a tax. We Guys. Talked, talked to the Howard Jarvis Taxpayers yeah. Association, John Kupal, and uh, the way that they're trying to sell this to you is somehow a benefit from the state. Do not be fooled. This is another tax they're trying to take from you in terms of property tax protection and Prop 13, which California loves and has since 1978. If the wordiness of an attorney has ever made you uneasy, understand these propositions are written by just that, attorneys, and they're trying to convince you. It's happened to me in my life many times where I think something is, yep. and then I just said, I got to get analysis from a group I trust. Right. And that's why, in credit to you, a lot of people do turn to your voter guide. And I you? so appreciate it. I mean, that is like the greatest compliment that people can give is when they say, gosh, I, w- I want to vote like you. And that means a lot to me. I t- that 
that is not lost on me. And if you want my suggestions, believe me, I am here to love all people, no matter how you vote. But if you want to see how I would vote if I were in your area, I've done judges and propositions and Congress yeah. people and all of that. So you can yeah, check it out. DennisPrager.com. And you can also, I've got it up on my Twitter at and Jennifer I know, Horn. I know you will. You also have equal love for people who have zero interest in looking at your voter guide because I do. We know, we I, know I think that you should, Whitman. I mean, especially the propositions me. because here's me. the thing. You can vote for all your crazy Biden liberals. Excuse me. You know, all you the just people. mentioned four hair-brained Republicans. And I hair-brained? Didn't even say, I didn't say you're hair-brained. voting for him. I didn't say hair-brained once. I withheld and you call my guys crazy. Well, yeah, the your guys ago, are. Okay, see how see the difference. Folks? Have you seen Joe Biden over the weekend? Hold on. A, a little if while. you didn't, if you I, didn't hear Joe Biden this weekend. By the way, today he said he is a. I think he said perfect physical specimen. <laughs> Carol Burnett laugh track. Maybe that's why he thought he was able to write off seventy thousand dollars. On his taxes because he needed special hair care. <laughs> Look, oh. Donald Harris, Donald Trump, oh. Donald, Donald Harris. Harris, Donald Harris. This isn't a political statement like those ugly folks over there beeping oh. the horns. This is a patriotic duty, for God's sake. Yeah, ugly folks and Trumps for Trump. I'm making T-shirts. Yeah, I tell you, I tell you, corn pop. Mm-hmm. He got out there and said there's a perfect. Physical specimen. <laughs> Come on, man. We all know that's Barack Hussein Obama. <sighs> they all go well, crazy. that's a little better. I mean, old hair plugs Biden. Give me a break. <laughs> yeah, by like the way, he, he was. going after people's hair care. Joe Biden was, I was around, you know, and paying attention in the 80s. Yeah. President, he was rocking the plugs Oh, long, long before FDA approval of plugs. Mm-hmm. He I had tried him. to hurry it through for Joe. He needed the plugs so bad. <laughs> All right, but we will a... make the. We will be a little more serious. <laughs> we can. Well, this was this serious. Is, I know this is serious, but we can have a little fun. But there was an officer involved shooting at, overnight last night in Granada Hills. We will fill you in on that. Plus, a senator with some shocking claims about Hunter Biden. As your Monday morning answer continues. Every morning, breaking news and talk you can trust. This is the answer with Brian Whitman and Jennifer Horan. Thanks for joining us on your Monday morning answer. Brian Whitman, Jennifer Horn. It is election eve. We will bring you up to speed on just where the candidates are today, what they said yesterday. But first, a man allegedly shot an LAPD officer inside a Granada Hills Ralph's grocery store on Sunday evening. According to authorities, Brian, the suspected gunman, who police have not yet identified, was arrested not long after the shooting. The officer was taken to Northridge Hospital Medical Center for a gunshot wound. They don't believe it is life-threatening. That's the good news. Just after 10.30 p.m., four hours after officers first responded, Chief Michael Moore tweeted the officer was released from medical care with sutures on his hand. In a tweet, the department said the officer is expected to make a full recovery. Now, And that is... Uh, go ahead, please. Oh, no. According to police officers responded to a report of a man causing a disturbance inside of a Ralph's grocery store. It's the one near Balboa and Devonshire. I've been to that Ralph's actually many times yes. yeah, around the, the... 6.30 p.m. on Sunday evening. 
Okay, that's when the the shooting happened, according to authorities, in that shopping center that you mentioned. I think we all know where that is at Balboa and Devonshire. Uh, This all according to the Los Angeles Police Department. According to LAPD, officers responded to the Ralph supermarket after a man was reported, Jennifer, to be causing a disturbance inside, not in the parking lot, but inside the supermarket. Video from a shopper showed the shirtless man standing on an object above people making hand gestures and talking although his words could not be heard or they could not be uh they could not be made out uh, i guess he wasn't speaking very clearly it shows officers walking into the store but did not show the gunfire witnesses tell our friends at channel 4 that the man fell through the ceiling and was standing on a freezer pointing a gun at people inside yeah, the Ralph's supermarket. Not a surprise here. They said that he smelled like alcohol. Ooh. <laughs> he then pulled a, a gun on anyone who would talk to him, according to a, a Ralph's employee. So they got the manager out there. The manager came out, called the police. The police said that the suspect assaulted several people inside the store. Uh, as you mentioned, he wasn't wearing a shirt, standing on short store shelf, dancing around. And then apparently the police officers came in. They were trying to get him to come down they shot him with a bean bag yeah. that's when he took his gun pulled it out and shot the cop he then took off running and uh, locked himself into a nearby business shortly after that he did put his hands up he did surrender himself to authority so uh, really gosh uh, just, just i mean you imagine this is the kind of story that i think shakes us more to the most because it's six o'clock on a sunday night you're out of ralph's and this kind of thing yeah, happens right. when you're just trying to get your groceries for the week yeah. Or or maybe just for tomorrow, you know, you go and you pick up a few things, maybe have your children with you at 630 in the in the evening on a Sunday and uh, uh, the kids are around and, 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 and they, I'm thinking of them, they have to be subjected to this traumatizing event, which hopefully, you know, there's no harm to them physically. It doesn't sound like there was, but the emotional... Uh, the the fear, you know, about this new world we live in. And it's just it's anything can happen day out there sometimes. And this year and with politics, with this election uh, that's happening tomorrow, it's practice election day on a Monday morning answer. Yeah. And President Trump is getting ready to uh, leave. We're watching him right now. He's in Miami this morning, leaving for uh, Fetville or Fayetteville, if you're not from North Carolina. And we are not. So when you say my mom Fet- is, though, so well, your mom's one of our many listeners. Fetville is how so it when goes. you say I know you're you're angling to be Miss North Carolina when you go back there in your very, very later years. But you must say Fayetteville so that the people who live in America can understand, huh, Brian? North you Carolina elitist is liberal in stop. You have a thing against that. Southern it's people. A, it, I know no, it. I, I know I, it. I, it's no, a great state. It's a great state. Fayetteville. Right. Just say Fayetteville, North Carolina people. Bye. So Bye President dirt. Trump is headed to uh, Fayetteville right now. He's got four different uh, election stops after Move. this one. So here's where he's going to be today. He'll be Move. in Fayetteville, then Scranton, Pennsylvania, Traverse City, Michigan, Kenosha, Wisconsin, Grand Rapids, Michigan. Move. Pennsylvania, some new numbers internally for both the Biden and Trump campaign to look at is troubling for Joe Biden. Biden's lead is still in existence, but it has shrunk in Pennsylvania in the final days of the race. That is why Joe Biden will be in Pennsylvania today. He spent some time there over can, the weekend. And Can pres- I ask what it shrunk to so um, we can assess uh, for ourselves the, the, 
the significance of the damage done to his polling so, numbers, or does it? Not according to anything? yeah, no. According to this poll, Monmouth University gives Biden a seven-point lead in a high turnout model and a five-point lead in a low turnout model, in which mail-in ballots are either counted or not, depending on how this all filters out with the election day deadlines that they have. Now, a month ago, he was at an eleven-point lead and, oh. for high and eight. So you see, it's been that's a pretty significant yeah. shrink actually for I Monmouth University. Now, President Trump will be there. He was there over the weekend. And as he was in Pennsylvania yesterday, he talked about why he decided to run four years ago. This is the fundamental question facing every voter in America. Do you want to be a nation ruled by the corrupt political class? Or do you want to be governed by the American people? I ran for office four years ago because I could not sit by and watch any longer as a small group of Washington insiders continued to get rich, bleeding American dry. You're just bleeding America dry. Think of it. Closing our factories, opening our borders, outsourcing our industries, and letting foreign countries ravage our middle class. Career politicians spent trillions of dollars fighting foreign wars while letting our own cities crumble and decay. That was President Trump yesterday talking about uh, why he chose to run, painting Joe Biden as a career politician. Biden was also in the state of Pennsylvania. He was in Philadelphia. He said that we need a president who will show leadership, and he feels he's the man for the job. This is the city where it all started, the birthplace of American democracy. Sounds corny, but it's real. That's why I set up my headquarters here. That's why we started here, because we learned a long time ago every generation has to fight to keep the democracy. I never believed we'd have to fight this hard, though. I never believed it would be this much in jeopardy. We launched our campaign over on the Oval back in 29, May 9, 2019. But, you know, what I said then, we've been through a lot since then. What I said then is even more true today. I said what we need is a president who's willing to lead, who will insist on dramatic change for our children's sake. The single most important thing we have to do is accomplish these things. In order to get them done, we have to defeat Donald Trump. It is uh, practice election day, Monday on The Morning Answer. Uh, uh, Two cents of analysis on that. By the way, find out how many SoCal voters are expected to turn out in toto after the in-person voting tomorrow. Is that number higher or lower than you might be thinking right now? We'll fill you in. When you hear President Trump uh, making, as you said earlier, closing statements on the campaign trail yesterday, the president spoke of why he decided to run four years ago, as you informed us. And I thank you for that information. He said, uh, you know, because of the swamp, because of corrupt politicians, I'm paraphrasing now, restricting the liberties of people, et cetera, uh, who, who had no and they were out of control for you. So that and the president said that four years ago, we understood that's the reason he ran. Fast forward four years later, aren't the swamp folks, aren't the overly powerful bureaucrats and politicians in Washington and very much at the state level, as you criticize Governor Newsom all the time, and I defend your right to do that. Isn't it that isn't that particular problem as a result of the pandemic that that's not an excuse? He should have 
been on guard against the abuse of power and more swampy behavior. I don't think it has anything to do with the pandemic. I think about how well, ingrained this was. I mean, look at what has right. happened to President Trump over the last three no, years. No, They've I'm gone asking. after him for everything. Can you imagine? He was so effective, even given the circumstances and everyone working against him, including the news media, including social media, big tech, and including the Democrats. All those groups working against him, and he still was able to provide record low poverty, record low unemployment. That's not my economic point, opportunity for everybody, even in the face of a pandemic. And he's had all of these people working against him. They're finally starting to make their way out and reveal themselves. Let's give him another four years and see what we can do. My point is, said briefly, four years ago, he ran against doing away with the corruption of politicians and the swamp. Four years later, by matter of circumstance, he has been unable to control the swamp things. And in fact, they are exercising greater control of our over our lives in ways we never even imagined possible. I and actually, he's been there for Well, years. I actually think he's been able to exercise some of the people out of the swamp. At least we, they are revealing themselves. And Joe Biden is one of those people who's been around for 47 years. All right. How many Southern California voters will turn out when this is all said and done? We'll tell you as your Monday morning answer continues.